Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, so again, no guitar intro. Didn't really hear any feedback about wanting to have the guitar intro back. So this is probably going to be the new way we start the podcast. We just go. Uh, so I actually prefer it that way, to be honest, personally. Um, but uh, some really good stuff to get into. And yeah, let's just get started. So uh, Nick Offerman tweeted out a really interesting tweet after... Uh, I don't know how many of you guys watch Vice News tonight, but if you don't, you should. Uh, so much great stuff that they have each night. It's about 30 minutes, uh, and they cover so much in that 30 minutes. One of the things that they covered uh, was the head of the FCC, Ajit Pai. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Uh, my apologies if it's not correct. Uh, but uh, Ajit Pai was on uh, Vice News tonight, and they were in his office. They were talking to him about... Uh, him wanting to uh, basically do away with net neutrality and it was interesting because he had from Parks and Recreation that TV show on NBC uh, he had the pyramid of greatness uh, from the character Ron Swanson uh, who's played by Nick Offerman so Nick Offerman responded and said "Uh, dear Ajit I noticed your pyramid of greatness and I thought it felt strange in your office given your stance So I went to see Ron Swanson to ask if he'd care to weigh in, and he dictated the below to me. I'm flattered that my pyramid of greatness has inspired you. I will remind you that the top category is honor. Sadly, based on your duplicitous handling of the net neutrality issue and the way you're willfully ignoring the public you claim to serve, I feel you may need that term defined, which means, of course, that you don't have it. Uh, So I thought that that was pretty funny. (laughs) And pretty quick, because it was just the other day that that was on Vice News tonight. Uh, Then there was this from Impact Wrestling. So uh, this is LAX with the cane, and Conan with a Singapore cane, he's chopping it against the ring rope, and it bounces off the ring rope and hits a fan in the crowd. Uh, So at The Real Elbow on Twitter tweeted out, LOL, randomly put Impact on for the first time in forever, and the first thing that I see is the guy in the front row catching a flying Singapore cane just in the nick of time. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Then there was this, which is nuts. Uh, This was uh, an article from TheVerge.com showing the effects of how the sun can damage your eyes. And we know this Uh, because of a woman who stared at the eclipse that just happened recently. Uh, So really crazy article. You can see the illustrations of the outer retina and just how crazy it gets, the damage. Uh, And that's on TheVerge.com. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Then uh, some breaking news in baseball. There's actually two major stories since the last podcast. Uh, One of them is big. The other one is... World Series type big. Uh, So the big one is that Otani finally chose a team and the surprise to a lot of people was that it was not the Mariners even though they recently swung that trade for Dee Gordon to also bring in international money. No, he chose to go to the LA Angels. Um, I guess he had a good relationship with the assistant GM there or the GM there and apparently that was the reason Uh, obviously the climate there is great Uh, you have the chance to play with arguably arguably one of the best players in baseball in Mike Trout so there's a lot of reasons why you would go there 
Um, but I think a lot of people were thinking maybe the Mariners. Um, but Otani chose to go to the Angels. Now, <clears throat> anytime somebody comes into Major League Baseball with that much hype, a part of you has to wonder, like, okay, is this guy really going to be that good? Uh, I've seen so many players, Dice K comes to mind, um, you know, uh, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. It's on the tip of my tongue, but he got traded from the range. Oh, you Darvish. You Darvish comes to mind. Um, a lot of players that have come into the league with so much hype, and they were average at best. Um, I think Otani might be one of those players. I hate to say that, especially since I haven't actually seen him play. We, nobody's seen him play in Major League Baseball yet, but. Yeah, I, 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 I question whether or not he's going to be worth all of this hype, and we'll see. You know, the Angels are certainly betting on it. The good thing for the Angels is they don't have to put up that much money to get him. So they're getting somebody that they're comparing to Babe Ruth, which I think is nuts. Uh, but, you know, they're comparing him to Babe Ruth uh, for very little money. They already have Mike Trout, and you could argue this is a way for the Angels to try to convince Trout to stay in Anaheim. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. There is a much bigger story, which we're going to be talking about. It's really the subject of this podcast uh, in just a little bit. Uh, other smaller news in baseball, free agent catcher Chris Iannetta agrees with the Rockies on a two-year contract. And then there was this. This was hilariously awesome. I have to play this for you guys when I saw this. Uh, this is... It's Next speaker. What up, Council? My name is Chad Kroger. Um, I'm an activist and house party enthusiast. Over the past week, I've been in a state of deep despair upon hearing the news that L.A. is trying to outlaw house parties in the Hollywood Hills. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. My first introduction to manhood came when the captain of my water polo team, Boomer Kingsley, asked me to shotgun a tall can of Bud Light in front of the whole squad at his end-of-the-season bash. His parents were in Tahoe at the time, so we tore that weekend up. It was epic, and I was super stoked. My newfound confidence gave me the courage to ask out the most popular girl in school, Lauren Stockholder, to prom that year. She rejected me, and I had to go with Stacy McMillan, but I didn't care because I was so amped on chugging with my boys. That's what house parties do. Raging at house parties is the truest way to party. Next. <laughs> it takes so long for this person to realize that they're getting trolled. And at the very end, he just goes, thank you, next. Oh, man, that was... It, I've seen that clip so many times now, but it still makes me die laughing because it's just so funny. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Uh, then Red Band tweeted this out. I never really thought about this until I saw this tweet, but it's true. Uh, Red Band tweeted out, I miss these. Uh, I know they still make them, but I can't bring myself to drink them as an adult, knowing that they're just unfrozen freezer pops. And I never really thought about it that way, but that's exactly what they are. And he's right. Like, if you were to put those in front of me, I'd get nostalgic because they used to have those things when we were kids. But would I actually drink one of those things? I, I would be like Red Band there. I don't think I would drink one of those these days. Uh, then I, I had some good, I had some thoughts I wanted to share for, on the podcast that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, 
going back to something I was watching the other day, uh, it was basically just some random brain droppings that I wanted to share. So I was think- saying that, you know, everything is getting weirder and weirder these days. If you're paying attention to the news, if you're watching this podcast, you're listening to this podcast, you've seen it, you've heard it. It just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Um, and everything just seems to be falling apart. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, if we are living in a computer simulation, a lot of people think that. Uh, it's like the programmers can't even keep up with the code now. That's how crazy things are getting. Um, or you could look at it the opposite way. Uh, you could look at it as being proof that uh, if this is a simulation, that it may not be at all. You could argue that we've never had more reality than we have right now. Uh, you're looking at a society that's just continuing to prove to be totally unstable throughout the world. Uh, you're looking at a phenomenon known as hypernormalization. Um, if you're not familiar with that phrase, definitely look it up. Uh, there's actually a YouTube documentary, I believe it's like three hours. Uh, it's, it's heavy, so there's a lot to it. Uh, it's actually a, a British voiceover, and he's talking over stock footage. Uh, from the BBC, but there's a lot to it. Uh, and hypernormalization basically, as things are falling apart, the government, the politicians, everybody's pretending like, oh, everything's normal. And, uh, you know, you see that when you see things like Greenland melting. Uh, you see that when you look around the world and you see that nukes at any point could just kill us all. Um, you know, so there's really no way for leaders to run a functional, stable, society. Uh, So what they do instead is they put up like this artifice, this fakeness that, uh, you know, there's stability. Uh, Meanwhile, shit is just collapsing behind the set. You know, that's really what it feels like these days. Um, And then on a totally different brain droppings mindset, uh, I was thinking, you know, there's there's argument that's out there that says that free housing should be a right, uh, which I would actually would tend to agree. Uh, But then again, when you think about it, what is a right? Uh, Society just constructs these things called rights. Uh, For example, a zebra has no rights when it gets eaten by a lion in nature. So it only happens if society deems that it is a right. And right now, especially in the U.S., uh, society is deeming that health care shouldn't even be a right. So why would housing, why would when AI takes over, why would we have like a universal income? You know, uh, sadly, that seems to be where people's minds are right now. It seems to be that people are thinking in terms of themselves. They seem to be thinking, you know, why would my tax dollars that I've worked hard for go to your health care, your housing, your income? Failing to recognize, in my opinion, that at some point AI is going to most likely wipe out every single job that's out there And at that point, what will society do? You're going to be looking at prosperity in terms of the work and the the finances of things because everything's going to be going up to like the nth degree with machines and AI working on things. But will the people share in that prosperity? You know, uh, will they get a universal income, which some countries are testing right now? Ontario and Canada is actually testing it right now. Uh, is that going to be a reality, or are too many people going to view it as just a welfare thing? As oh, you know, 
they're taking my money. Well, what if in the future you're not making money and nobody's making money? Will society do the right thing? And I think we're heading towards uh, what Sam Harris would call a bottleneck. So basically, until society as a whole can get over that bullshit mindset that, oh, everything is welfare and you're stealing my tax dollars that I've worked hard for, that there's going to be some pain. Unfortunately, it looks that way. It looks like people will have to suffer. I'm sure some people will even have to die before society as a whole realizes that the way the future is going, things will have to change. And who knows when? You know, you're talking about self-driving cars already, self-driving trucks, which are going to replace truck drivers. You're talking about millions of jobs there. What did those people do? Um, you know, forget about your issue of like coal miners. Um, right now that Trump's trying to bring back that industry where you're talking about what 60,000 people maybe a hundred thousand people tops they're they're living um, but it's interesting because that same mindset what do you do with those people you're magnifying that with what's gonna happen with AI and I seriously worry about people's mindsets because it is gonna be the voters that shape society when that happens and will they be thinking of themselves selfishly or will they be thinking of themselves as part of a bigger whole thinking oh you know what in the future my job's going to be gone too maybe i should look into this universal income and you know for those people that would argue that um you know if there is a universal income people are just going to be lazy i think that's totally bullshit i'll give you an example me right now i'm actively looking for work I'm currently going to be uh, collecting EI um, and as I'm looking for work I'm exploring new creative ventures I'm exploring this podcast this YouTube channel iTunes stitcher everything I'm creating something right so am I being lazy I would argue no I'm trying to build I'm trying to create something out of my creativity um, well at the same time looking for work but in my free time I'm making something with my creativity and I believe that that's what would happen to society as a whole when all of a sudden you're not burdened with having to pay your bills having to work to pay your bills you have time now to do whatever the fuck you want and you can explore your creative interests whatever they are and I would say that even somebody that would be viewed as being lazy is doing something that they would be passionate about, you know? So for me, I, I would consider myself to be an example right now in this time of, of being somebody that is not, you know, bogged down currently with a full-time job. So I'm exploring my creative interests. I'm exploring my passion uh, of trying something different, doing a podcast, creating a YouTube channel, making content, um, you know? so. I would totally disagree and hopefully using myself as an example disarm that argument of oh well you know if somebody got a universal income uh, then they're just part of the welfare state and they would be lazy I think that's total bullshit I, I, I view it the other way what happens when society gets relieved of the burden of having to work because machines are doing it all for them and doing it better by the way um, and you're not having to worry about making ends meet. 
you know, that's, it's almost like impossible to think of because it's a world that you almost can't even imagine because you're so stuck in the reality of today. But that reality is going to change. It has to change one way or the other. The question is, is society going to be mindful enough to think about that? Are they going to be able to, to look inward and, and, and make that choice? Or are we setting ourselves up for that bottleneck and that period of transition that's going to be so painful and quite frankly deadly to so many people if they don't? That's, that's the real question of AI. I'm not worried about the Terminator. I'm worried about what people are going to do when AI takes over. Um, because, you know, the Terminator aspect of AI is out of our control. Elon Musk would tell you that, you know. Uh, you could program AI to be like a saint, but what are you programming, what are, what are you actually programming? You know, a, a machine, artificial intelligence could look at people as a pest on the planet Earth. They're killing trees, they're polluting, let's kill these pests. And there's not a damn thing we as people can do, we're fucked at that point. So what are we in control of? We're in control of what we do as a society. Um, and if that changes, maybe we'll not be a part of an unstable society. Maybe it'll be the most stable it's ever been. But I don't know. It's almost like a, a utopia, you know. Uh, so, you know, going deeper specifically about free housing, uh, I would say that for anybody that says it can't be done for free housing, think about in terms of the U.S., so just the U.S. alone. How much money is spent on the military, where the U.S. literally laps countries in terms of spending? Uh, they lap the world in terms of military spending. Uh, so if you use that money for housing instead, it could be done. So it's just a matter of willpower. Is it what the people want? Uh, then I had another random brain dropping just thinking about things that are offensive and things that technically shouldn't be offensive. Uh, so words like chink, as in chink in the armor, and words like niggardly aren't used that often these days, even though neither word used in their proper context has absolutely nothing to do with racism. Chink in the armor, you're talking about literally a whole in the armor, right? A weakness in the armor. The word niggardly isn't even spelled like the N-word. It's G-G-A-R-D-L-Y. And it has, the meaning of niggardly has absolutely nothing to do with the N-word. But both of these words, like a lot of things in society these days, they're not used because they're controversial, because they sound controversial, but they're really not. Um, then again, I do think that hippies and Buddhists should ditch their good swastika that they have. Uh, and at the same time, I find it interesting that hipsters have brought back uh, the Hitler haircut. If you're not familiar with the Hitler haircut, Google him, you'll see the image, and then check out the hairstyle. It's almost like mine, I hate to say, uh, except you know if I trimmed the sides and the back, then it would probably be closer to the Hitler style haircut. Hipsters model that hairstyle more than anything these days. Um, so it got me wondering, 
you know, how long is it going to take before they bring back his mustache style and claim that it's not a Hitler mustache, it's a chaplain. Uh, then I also was thinking, kind of going in, in line with an unstable society, you know, you hear from the U.S. especially that, uh, you know, America is the greatest country on earth, right? So if America is the greatest country on earth, then why does it need to be made great again? That's my question. Uh, and, and to further that argument, uh, Uberfax tweeted out, the U.S. federal government spends less than 3% of its budget on education. And my response to that is, and it fucking shows. Hashtag stay woke. <laughs> uh, then Uberfax tweeted out, all I want for Christmas is you, earns Mariah Carey about $500,000 in royalties each Christmas. I almost want to say that's it, because you hear that song so much that I, I understand that she's making that much, totally. I'm just surprised that she's not making more because you hear that song everywhere. It's not a bad song, I'll be honest, I like it. Um, you know, I can't really hate on Mariah Carey. She's got a lot of great songs. Um, that's one of them, you know. Um, so good for her, that's all I've got to say, really. And then the topic of this podcast monster monster news in major league baseball the yankees and the marlins uh at this point in time and we'll get into it are, are discussing a giancarlo stanton trade multiple sources confirmed reports by ken rosenthal and jeff passan two of the greatest reporters in baseball both of whom i follow and you should too if you don't on twitter uh the i say to that the blue jays are done if this happens i mean decades done uh, John Morosi tweeted out, Incentive for the Marlins to strike a deal with the Yankees rather than the Dodgers? Uh, Starlin Castro, uh, who we know is being discussed, is a cheaper veteran piece than those Gonzalez, Casimir, or McCarthy that the Dodgers likely would ask Marlins to assume. Uh, so moving away just for a second on this Giancarlo Stanton trade, uh, because there's a lot to get to in that, uh, for the first time, I heard something that is like a downside to Bitcoin, and it was very interesting to me. And I think it'll be interesting to you listening or watching, because we were just talking about it recently on a podcast, how if it continues to go up by 800% again next year, that one Bitcoin could easily be worth $1 trillion. Um, but this might start to poke some holes in the glory of Bitcoin. And this is the first downside that I've heard to Bitcoin. So I wanted to share it with you guys because it blew my mind when I woke up this morning and saw this. So Jason tweeted out, Coinbase to their user base, when the great Bitcoin crash happens, you will probably not be able to access your account in order to sell in time. And he's got an image uh, on his tweet showing an error message uh, saying that Coinbase services may be degraded or unavailable during time periods of high selling and high buying, uh, which basically scares the shit out of me. And I was somebody that was thinking at some point, eh, you know, maybe I'll go into Bitcoin. Um, but it's actually starting to get closer and closer out of reach for somebody like myself, um, unless I put all of my money into it, uh, which isn't going to happen. Um, but this kind of gives me a chance to breathe for a second and say, you know what, 
maybe there is some weaknesses to Bitcoin. As great as it's been, and as much as it's continued to have success, that's some scary shit. You have to admit that. Um, then Uberfax tweeted out, a study found that when people were asked by a stranger if they would sleep with them, 75% of men said yes, and every single woman said no. Um, when I read that, I was laughing um, because I can see where that's true, um, and it's sad in a way, um, but, you know, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but going back to uh, baseball for a second. So the Yankees' progress on uh, the Giancarlo Stanton trade creates a crucial decision for the Dodgers. If LA does not intensify its efforts, which they didn't, uh, Stanton could be presented with a trade to New York for his acceptance in the next 48 hours, which he was. And Stanton is open to joining the Yankees, which in fact he was. Uh, but we'll get back into that. Uh, George Wallace had a tweet against uh, Roy Moore in Alabama, who's up for election uh, this Tuesday. Uh, he said to Roy Moore, you are the dumbest man in Alabama, just a dumb, saggy, dumb, child molesting, dumb, dumb. You are dumb and a liar and stupid too. And he goes on and on with that. Uh, I responded to that. I said, uh, George, that's no way to talk to a future senator. <laughs> So playing the role of a troll there, uh, but basically, you know, I would not be surprised if this time next week we're talking about Roy Moore actually being a senator. Um, I hope not, but it's possible. Uh, the USA Today tweeted about the wheels could be in motion for a Conor McGregor-Manny Pacquiao mega fight, and I say, you know, McGregor should either just retire or join the WWE at this point because I don't think anybody wants to see a money grab like this. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys let me know. Twitter, YouTube comments, wherever. But I, I have no interest in it. Uh, in a way, I'll be honest, uh, I'm a boxing, I'm an MMA fan. But for me, I'm actually starting to lose interest in it. All right, so uh, in other great news, PlayStation announced that uh, Medieval is going to be resurrected for PlayStation 4. Uh, so I don't know about you guys uh, listening or watching to the podcast, but if you're like me, when I was a kid, uh, the very first PlayStation 1, man, I feel old sometimes, uh, there were certain games on it that, uh, that you played first, you know? Uh, and for me, Medieval was one of them. Uh, you can kind of tell that I got the PlayStation 1 late. If you got, if you're one of the early adapters in the mid-90s, you probably are laughing at me right now, but uh, 1997, 98 was around when I got my first PlayStation. So Medieval was one of the games that I played uh, first. Spyro, uh, Gran Turismo, uh, WCW, uh, Nitro, WCW versus the World, uh, WWF Raw's War, I believe it was called. Uh, those were the games that I played. Uh, NBA uh, Live, I, I got into uh, other other sports games too. Uh, but yeah, like it, it's crazy to see like one of those old school games that you grew up as a kid playing uh, is going to be resurrected. So that that was really cool news. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out the world's first website went online nearly twenty seven years ago. December 20th, 1990. So the first website is almost as old as me. 
which is kind of goes in line with the last podcast we were talking about the first ever text uh, this is the first ever website uh, crazy um, then I was thinking you know I've always wanted to give a speech at a wedding where I would end it by saying uh, you guys are Romeo and Juliet and we all wish you the same happy ending <laughs> as a joke obviously um, then going back to the main story of this podcast uh, Giancarlo Stanton is expected uh, John Morosi says to formally approve the trade to the Yankees there is no indication that the Dodgers are making a serious effort to acquire Stanton today which of course it didn't happen so I said Jeter just helped the Yankees win a few more World Series hashtag Stanton I also said I think the Blue Jays can start rebuilding now uh, they've got a decade to be insignificant again and it's it's like the Yankees have made that decision for the Blue Jays I don't think uh, even as a Blue Jays fan I don't think there's anything the Blue Jays can do now to try to compete with the Yankees or even the Red Sox so I think it's it's a fool's game to try to compete to get a wild card spot uh, I think the Blue Jays need to blow it up right now I, I really do after this move you seriously can't tell me no matter what they do they're going to be able to compete against that two 50 plus home run hitters on the same team not a chance I, I think it's in their best interest to see what they can get for Donaldson maybe even from the Yankees uh, do what you can to move Martin maybe you take on some of his contract to do that whatever you've got to do to just blow it up and start over again uh, you do have two really good kids, uh, blue chip prospects uh, in um, Vladdy Jr. and Bo Bouchette uh, that you can restart with. Uh, and they're of the age where you really can look at restarting a decade from now once the Yankees kind of calm down. But this is going to be a decade of Yankees dominance again, no doubt about it. And it may not necessarily be this year, but maybe the following year when maybe they go after Harper. Uh, Machado, both of them. Maybe they go after Donaldson as well. Um, so I, I think this is just the beginning of another Yankees dynasty, the likes of which we haven't seen in a decade or so. Uh, then Ken Rosenthal was talking about the fact that it looks like the Yankees are going to be taking on the vast majority of the $295 million owed to Stanton. Uh, one source says $260 million. I believe the final number was 265 I might be wrong on that. Uh, but I was saying, hey, you know, after all of those cheap lean years for the Yankees, they can afford it. Uh, then there was this, kind of moving away from that for a second. We'll get back to it, of course. Uh, I was saying there was a story of Donald Trump. Uh, he did a rally in Florida close to Alabama supporting more. In that rally, he was claiming that the U.S. has a trade deficit with Canada. He said that he told that to Trudeau, and Trudeau told him that he was wrong about that, and then Trump heard from his aides that Trump was right about it. The truth is, even on the U.S. government websites, that they have a trade surplus. They're in the positive, not the negative, with their trade with Canada. Um, and that was a news story on Yahoo News, you can see it on my Twitter account as well. Uh, so my response to that is, are you paying attention, America? Uh, your president is lying to you about stats. 
How the hell can he lie about stats? It's a surplus, not a deficit. I know he sucked at business, and you know when it came to his running his casinos, he was in the red a lot of times. But he's actually not in the red when it comes to trade with Canada. Um, how can you trust somebody who's lying to you about stats on paper? Ah, uh, you know what? Never mind. Go ahead and vote the, in the pedophile in Alabama and enjoy your self-inflicted self-destruction. P.S. Good luck finding a trade partner. But on a lighter note, let's go back to baseball. And I know I'm a bit harsh on my American friends there, but hopefully that gives you something to think about. Um, so as it turns out, when it comes to baseball, the Rogers, the Rogers group couldn't sell the Blue Jays fast enough. And I would say now with what's going on with the Yankees to Rogers, prepare to take a loss if you actually do sell the Blue Jays because I don't know who the hell wants to own a team that's competing with that now. Uh, Marcus Stroman tweeted, Yay, uh, AL East heating up. I like that. Can't wait to, can't wait to face uh, Stanton in New York. And I said, and you'll be even more excited when at some point you'll be their teammates in the Yankees as the Blue Jays rebuild for another decade of irrelevance. I really do believe that it's time for the Blue Jays to blow it up at this point. Uh, speaking of which, John Chidey Hill, I think, believes the same, woke up to Blue Jays fans rightfully hitting the panic button. And you see the naked gun reference there. Uh, then Darren Ravel tweeted, does Derek Jeter get a 2018 Yankees championship ring too? And then cash to Jeter, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse to Stanton. Uh, then Justin Diamond has, had a good tweet. He said, you know, when Aaron Boone, before the Stanton trade happened, uh, became the manager for the Yankees, it was like a 16-year-old getting the keys to a Rolls Royce. Now, after the Stanton trade, it's like he's a 16-year-old getting the keys to the Millennium Falcon. Uh, so I thought that that was a good one. Uh, Bird's Eye View Baltimore tweeted, Orioles fans this morning be like, damn, let's throw in the towel. And I said, Blue Jays fans too, if it's any consolation. The only difference is the Yankees will probably steal Machado from you guys too. Hashtag here comes the pain. Uh, but then again, you can see the same thing for the Blue Jays. Maybe the Yankees go after Donaldson. So anything could happen. The Yankees proved that today. Uh, and again, you know, Harper is available, Machado, Donaldson. So there could be a lot of changes going on in the Yankees. Uh, then, of course, there was references that Stanton and Judge teaming up on the Yankees is the new mega powers. Uh, the evil empire with Star Wars, with Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers. Uh, then going off of baseball for a second, uh, talking about NBA, talking about the Raptors. Uh, when people say the missing piece for the Raptors is Marcus Gasol from the Grizzlies, uh, this is my reaction. What the fuck? Uh, and what would you have them give up to get Gasol? You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I would say no, just no to that. I, I just I don't see Gasol as being the piece that they're missing, and I don't want to give up pieces to get him because I know he's not the guy that the Raptors are missing. 
the rest of the league is getting smaller, you already have issues with Valanciunas being a big. Um, you can't afford another big, even if you're giving up Valanciunas to get him. Like, it's just not a good fit. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Uh, then I was saying there's a game going on online called Whamageddon, which is basically, you know, if you're hearing Wham's Christmas song this Christmas, uh, anywhere in December, you've lost the game. I don't think I've ever heard that song, to be honest, or that version of the song. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm pretty good for Whamageddon so far. Um, but I was thinking, you know, if the game was Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, I think we all would have lost, like, Midnight on December 1st, because that song is overplayed everywhere. Um, it's crazy. Uh, then, going back to baseball, I was saying, you know, I'm already hearing conspiracy theories about Derek Jeter and the Yankees doing this Stanton trade, but I was thinking, you know, who in the MLB office will veto it? Joe Torre? Oh shit, the conspiracy theory just got deeper. <laughs> the evil empire has returned. Uh, then James Gunn had a good tweet. He said, uh, let's get one thing straight. News organizations making mistakes and retracting them make them the opposite of fake news. I thought that was a good, a good tweet. Uh, then to what I was saying earlier as a joke, Ken Rosenthal actually tweeted after that it was, you know, as a real concern. He said, uh, people on Twitter in my mentions calling for Manfred, the commissioner, to void this trade, not happening. The Marlins chose to save money rather than land better prospects. The one-sided nature of the deal is also a reflection of Stanton's full no-trade clause, which previous ownership included in his current contract. And then I added, plus Joe Torre, the fix was in. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking, but it is a good trade for the Yankees. Um, then Conan O'Brien said Trump has been uncharacteristically quiet on Twitter. I bet his staff tricked him with one of these, and he's got the Chinese finger trap there. Uh, then Ken Rosenthal tweeted uh, that a source tells him that the Yankees are, and I was right, taking on $265 million out of the $295 million owed to Stanton. And we'll end this podcast with my thoughts saying, you know, the A-Rod contract comes to mind. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for watching.